All right. Thank you, everyone, uh, for joining. We're going to get started. Uh, this is this is a really, really difficult day. So thank you for making time for this. Uh, I'm Jeannie Hareska, Senior Advisor for Communications and Strategy at the American Constitution Society. Uh, and I am joined today by Lindsay Langholz, our Director for Policy and Program and Resident Expert on Reproductive Rights at ACS. So I'm just going to dive right into it. Lindsay, today the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health. Top line, what did the court decide? Thanks, Janie. Um, So today the court overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, erasing the federal constitutional right to abortion and nearly 50 years of precedent around which generations of Americans have built their lives. Um, if folks were paying attention to the, the leaked draft opinion back a few weeks ago, um, there's not a ton of changes in the majority opinion. And so it is as bad as we had um, feared and expected. Um, it, it, it's a tough day. Yeah. Can you break down how the justices came out on this? Absolutely. It was a three decision. Um, Justice Alito writing the majority opinion was joined by all of the other conservatives on the court in that split. Um, Justice Thomas and Kavanaugh each wrote concurring opinions and Chief Justice Roberts wrote an opinion which he concurred in the judgment. Um, and then finally, Justice Breyer wrote the dissent and was joined in that dissent by Justices Sotomayor and Kagan. On, on the dissent, I would actually like to start there. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. What what did they say in, in their dissent? The dissent really tries to bring the court back to reality, um, both in terms of what the law has said um, when it comes to not only abortion, but substantive due process and the right to privacy, um, but also in terms of the real life consequences of this decision. You know, it highlights um, what it describes as the curtailment of women's rights and their status as free and equal um, and, and digs in on the actual human toll that this decision will have um, on, on folks now, on folks in the future. Um, and, and also it has a clear warning in the dissent that we, I think, all should heed and that um, no one should be confident that this majority is done with its work, they say. Uh, the right of Roe and Casey um, do not stand alone. And really, not only in the majority opinion, but particularly in the Thomas concurrence, we see the court laying the groundwork to go after other well, um, well-regarded and long-established precedents, such as the right to contraception, the right to same-sex marriage, the right to sexual activity without the need for it to be criminalized, regardless of your sexual orientation. Um, and, and really does a lot of work to set the court down that path to revisit those precedents as well. That is so, so terrifying. Um, yeah. and like you said it is an invitation for yeah. lawyers in other states to just start sending up lawsuits to, to give them the chance to overturn just a litany of precedents on which people have built their lives. Yeah. And that's really what we saw in this case, too. You know, um, the, this, this was well-settled law, right? Like, we, we all understood um, the constitutional right to an abortion. It was longstanding. Um, and really, just because of a change of the court, um, Mississippi took up the invitation to, to send a case their way that they thought would be ripe for overturning Roe. And, and they, unfortunately, were correct in that assessment. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's a point worth making. Um, we know how we got here, right? We got yeah. here because the right has led a decades-long campaign to pack our courts with this decision in mind. This is what they wanted. This is why the Supreme Court was packed, was to get this partisan 
decision um, and every decision that's going to stem from it. And on that, going back to the dissent, Lindsay, I think it's telling that Justice Breyer mentioned the court's legitimacy, that this decision really brings into question the court's legitimacy. And at ACS, we've been saying that for months, the Supreme Court is in a full-fledged legitimacy crisis. But it really says something when a justice on the court references that same language. Absolutely. And it's something that's obviously been on their mind for a while. We saw Justice Sotomayor during oral argument last fall um, ask the very uh, pointed question, you know, will the court survive the the stench that this decision has now given us? Um, and, you know, we here at ACS think that the answer is no, um, that, that there is a strong and significant need for reform, um, that this particular opinion, but also the, the way in which we got to this place that the court um, calls for redress. Yeah. I want to get into the immediate impact of this decision, because as you noted, it, it will have just a devastating impact on millions and millions of people's lives. So talk to me about that. Roe and Casey are overturned. What does that mean for people's lives and their access to open? Well, in the short term, that means that um, all the decisions are now going to be made by the states. Um, So each state will have the opportunity to kind of dictate the rules in their state. And that could be something as extreme as Um, forbidding abortion from the point of conception. Um, There is no longer a time limit um, for when a state can can limit abortion care as there used to be under the Roe and Casey standards. Um, And so you're going to see state by state the decision to make um, abortion care either accessible or um, perhaps restricted. And in some states you're going to see them take the opportunity to completely and fully ban abortion. Um, you know, a great resource for folks uh, is the Reproductive Rights site. Um, I'm sorry, the Center for Reproductive Rights website, which is reproductiverights.org. And they have a really helpful tool. Um, if you if you look for what if Roe fell, um, it is a state by state layout of what each state has in terms of the current laws on the books. Um, and under their calculation, there are 26 states um, and three territories that they characterize as hostile. I mean, they could immediately prohibit abortion entirely. Um, And so if you're interested on the breakdown of which those states, I would highly recommend their website for that resource. Yeah, we're going to be giving out a few websites uh, here. So can you just repeat the specific website for the Center for Reproductive Rights? Yeah, it is reproductiverights.org. And on there, they have a tool that is called If Roe Fell. All right. So I think everyone on this call wants to know exactly what I want to know, which is what can we do here right now today? What can we do to support abortion rights and abortion access? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, if you are in a position to donate, um, donate to abortion funds. Abortionfunds.org is a great resource for that. They split a variety of different abortion funds throughout the country. Um, You know, and there are folks who have been preparing for this decision and have been organizing for abortion and reproductive justice for years. So if you are joining the fight for abortion care, we're so glad you are here. Um, And we encourage you to follow the lead of those who've been already working in this space. The good news is, is no one has to start from scratch and uh, come up with a new plan. There are folks who've already been organizing for this. And so I strongly encourage you to take your lead from those folks. Um, And if you know someone who needs an abortion, I highly recommend I need an A. I'm going to spell that because it's not super clear. Um, I-N-E-E-D-A-N-A dot com to get connected with people who can help. Um, There are 
going to be keeping this resource updated in real time, which is so crucial because what we are going to see over the next few days, weeks, months is a rapidly changing legal landscape. And so it's important to go to trusted resources that you know are keeping that information up to date and they will be doing so. Um, and then I would also say don't let this discourage you from talking about abortion. Um, we need everybody to be talking about abortion a lot more. Um, become a resource for your personal network and help do the important work of educating yourself, making sure that you're giving up-to-date and accurate information and being a resource for folks in your life because it's going to take all of us to get it right and to get people the care that they need. Um, so, so it's really a great opportunity right now to step up um, educate yourself on where things are in your state and then helps in your world that need an abortion to access it. Because we all know someone um, that has had an abortion it is a very common procedure. Um, and so it's possible you just aren't talking to folks about it and don't hear about it, but they're happening. And so become part of the conversation. We need to start using the word abortion a lot and start talking about it a lot more. Yeah, and I want to make sure again that we repeat the websites that you said. Everybody should write these down. These are websites that we that we all need to have on hand um, because we're going to be asked ourselves, right? What can we do? Your friends are going to want to know. Write these two websites down in terms of providing funding of any kind to abortion funds. The website is abortionfunds.org, abortionfunds.org. If, again, like Lindsay said, if you're in a position to give, give to your local abortion fund. The other one is INeedAnA.com. And Lindsay spelled it out. I'm going to do that again. It's I-N-E-E-D-A-N-A.com. One of the best things can all do is make sure that we are ready when our calls, our family member calls, when they need help accessing an abortion, have that website handy. Um, we're going to need it going forward. Lindsay, one of the other things that we're always told in situations like this is call your legislator, right? Call your elected official, tell them what you want them to do. So I think a lot of people are going to be doing that. They're going to be calling their legislator. They're going to be writing their legislator. What should they be asking for? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, at every level of government um, can be part of the solution going forward. And I think we can and we should hold our elected officials to a higher standard on this front. Um, so if you are calling your federal representative and senators, ask them to do whatever it takes to enshrine reproductive rights, including the abortion protections that were found in Roe, into federal law. Um, in practical terms, that will mean that the Senate needs to reform or abolish the filibuster. And so you can make your support for such reform explicit and explain why it is so important to you and particularly tie it to this issue. Um, if you're talking to your state legislators and your elected officials on the state level, um, talk to them about supporting laws that expand abortion rights in your state or depending on where you are, maybe talk to them about speaking out against restrictions in your state. Um, there are going to be some states that ban abortion outright. There are also going to be some states that make it incredibly difficult for a clinic to survive and continue to provide care. And so don't only speak out on abortion bans, speak out about these restrictions that are keeping people from practically being able to access their, uh, the care that they need. Yeah. And please don't yeah. underestimate the value of your voice. Legislation. Yeah. They need to have their phone lines flooded. They need to have their inboxes flooded. They need to hear your outrage, your pain, and your fear. 
A hundred percent. It is incumbent on all of us to be a lot louder on this issue than maybe we have been in the past. And I think that, um, you know, as you are speaking out, make sure that you are talking to folks who you may not even necessarily think of first. Um, oftentimes, top of the ticket races are, are those that catch our attention. Um, but if you have the opportunity to talk to your local day, ask what they're planning to do in response to Dobbs. Um, make sure that you are asking folks who aren't talking about abortion to talk about it more, because oftentimes it's easy for an elected to just not not bring it up uh, unless somebody makes them. And so we, we really are in a position to hold folks feet to the fire in a lot of ways. That is a great pivot point to my next question, which is about how we vote for abortion rights. Yeah. Um, we heard from President Biden today. We've heard from a number of elected officials today. And so many of their remarks come down to, you know, vote abortion rights this November. What does it mean to vote abortion? First, it is seeking out a candidate's position on abortion itself. Um, so that is any candidate on your ballot, just check to see what they are talking about when it comes to abortion. Today's a really great day <laughs> to see what they are saying or not saying, um, because most folks will feel compelled to, to respond to the news cycle. Um, but, but make sure that you are educating yourself up and down the ballot, not just the top of the ticket, but it can go all the way down to your local council person, your local municipal government. Um, check to see what they are doing and what they're saying about abortion. And then also, as we are all encouraged to vote abortion this fall, which you absolutely should do, um, be mindful of the fact that there are folks who are trying to make it harder to vote and harder to actually be able to make your voice heard on this issue and so many others that are important. And so pay attention to what folks are saying about ballot access and make sure that you are voting for folks who are uh, for upholding the rule of law, for ensuring that we are having fair and accurate um, counts when it comes to our elections, and that we are really safeguarding the rails of our democracy at the same time that we're trying to fight this fight, because they're really connected. Yeah, voting rights and, and abortion rights are now inextricably linked. Um, so think about your secretary of state, right? It's their job in many states to uphold your voting rights. That is now directly linked to abortion rights. So we should expect our secretary candidates to be talking about reproductives. You know, your your district attorneys, your state attorneys general, get them on the record. Ask them how they intend to protect abortion rights and abortion access. Um, and Lindsay, I really want to take a moment to talk about state courts. Yes, for sure. Because as you noted at the top, what this decision does is it sends the fate of reproductive rights to the states. And that means state legislators, but it ultimately means state courts. So can you talk to me about that? How, how can people engage on, on state court issues in their states? Absolutely. I'd say, um, you know, first check to see how your state appoints or elects state court judges. Um, it is a really great thing to know every day because courts matter, um, but particularly on a day like today. Check and see if your state Supreme Court, if your um, trial courts, all the way up and down the judicial system, how are they put in those positions? And then get active. If it is a state where your state court judges are elected, um, those races really need more attention than they get. They need more resources. They need more people dedicating time, going to forums. Um, it is absolutely the right time to be elevating state court elections, um, not only for yourself, but also for those in your network. Um, this is a critical time as we are in a election year in many states um, to be really uplifting those elections and making sure that not only yourself, but those in your network are paying a lot more attention to them. And then if you're in a state where they're not elected, find out who is responsible for appointing those judges and make your voice heard to those bodies. Oftentimes it'll either be a governor 
or a state legislature, um, make sure that you understand kind of where the, the, the points of power are and then make your voice heard. Um, because it is really, a, they are a crucial piece of us moving forward on not only abortion rights, but also many of these other issues that we've talked about in terms of the right to privacy and, you know, uh, voting rights. Uh, the rights that folks have built around and care deeply about our state courts are a crucial part of, of safeguarding that from moving forward. Yeah. And while we're talking about elections, um, I, I actually want to talk about the running of our elections because that is now directly connected to reproductive rights. So when people say, what can I do? Part of what you can do is actually making sure that our elections run free and fair. And that means serving as poll workers. Lindsay, yeah. help folks understand the connection. Um, talk to me about poll workers and, and their role now in protecting reproductive rights. So poll workers are at the front lines of our election system. They are the folks who are greeting you when you get to your polling location. They are the folks who are helping you get your ballot, um, making sure that it is cast and counted correctly. And then there's a lot of work that happens on the other end when it comes to election administrators in general. And so these folks are crucial for um, maintaining our system of democracy. Um, we, we have room to grow when it comes to expanding access, but it is critical that our elections run fairly. Um, and they are ones that we can all rely upon, particularly as we are encouraged as, as the response to Dobbs and as the response to so many other things that we've seen even just this week to vote um, and make our voice heard electorally. We need to make sure that our voices are actually heard and captured. And so the best way that folks can help dig in on that particular point is to sign up to be a poll worker. We need people who are going to respect the rule of law, who are going to step up and make sure that our elections are conducted fairly and accurately. Um, and so it's a great way that you can actually spend a day doing direct service for community and also that can help protect folks' ability to make their voice heard when it comes to abortion and other rights. And, and I, after this, I just served as a poll worker um, this past Tuesday. It was the D.C. primary um, and I spent 14 hours working as a poll worker and it was really enjoyable and you, it, it feels like such a civic duty. You are helping people vote and, and making sure that people can access their right to vote. Uh, so it, it's such a critical role and it may feel completely unrelated to abortion, but this year it is not. It is directly related to making sure that people can vote abortion. So please think of those two things as connected. Abortion rights and voting rights hand in hand. Uh, Lindsay, I want to talk about our elected officials for just a minute. You know, we've just talked about how they've been stressing the importance of voting. President Biden said it, you know, we all need to get out and vote. And I get that. We just talked about why voting is so important. But is it too much to ask <laughs> here more concrete plans from our elected officials? It is definitely not too much to ask. Um, it is what we should be expecting of our elected officials in this moment. And it is what we need to ask for. Um, it is part of why we are encouraging everyone to really um, speak out in this moment to your elected officials at every level, because um, it is it is important to vote. It is crucial for folks to go vote to make sure that that is working. Um, but we also are, are able to hold our elected account, officials accountable to what they're doing in office. Um, and so right now is a perfect time. If you've never picked up the phone and made that phone call before, um, it's not scary. I promise that it is it is a perfectly okay thing to do. And they expect to hear from their constituents. Um, so it is not too much to ask. Unfortunately, it is going to be on us to demand that they give us those plans. And so um, it is it is on us to to step up in this moment and and hope that um, they recate in kind in their thoughtfulness. Yeah, I, I 
very eager to hear an elected official tell me something other than to vote. I will vote, but I want to know what you're going to do is my response. Like you are currently in office. You currently have elected power. What are you going to do to protect my rights? Yeah. Uh, So I I hope we start to hear a lot more of that. Add the leaked uh, draft opinion in Dobbs. This is not a surprise. Um, I would like to think that our elected officials have been preparing for this. Um, So I, for one, am eager to hear what they intend to do other than telling us to vote. Same. But, you know, I do want to point like 100 (laughs) percent. It has been a day of um, rage for me. Um, But I would also say, you know, it is don't let it discourage you from voting. It, of both course. of those things can be true, right? Like we can both expect more. And also I don't want folks to walk away feeling discouraged. Um, and, and it is definitely not the time to bow out of that process. Um, but while you are doing that, make sure that they are hearing from you now and not just in November. Um, now is a crucial time in building the momentum and building um, just the response to this unjust and malicious opinion that we received today. And so um, take action now and then also in November. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so as you noted at the top, this decision is about more than a yeah. uh, And we, we have to understand that this fight does not stop here and it does not stop with abortion. So you mentioned Justice Thomas's um, opinion. Yeah. Based on that, based on everything that has come down today, what do the court's conservative justices say will be next? Well, it depends on how you're... Uh, it, it, there's um, Justice Alito, who is saying, don't worry, guys, this is just about abortion. But here's also all these other things that are grounded in substantive process. I'm just going to list them here. But it's fine. It's, we're just talking about abortion today. Um, and then there's Justice Thomas's concurrence, which you referenced, which explicitly says, no, I'm ready to go there now. Um, I'm ready to start talking about all of these other rights that are grounded in due process, of substantive due process. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of reading between the lines at the moment. Um, but I think that I feel very comfortable in saying that this fight does not stop here um, when it comes to abortion. And I think that this court is going to be very willing to go along with arguments um, that other rights should be revisited. We're already seeing some conservative state legislators um, make the argument that IUDs could be next um, because they are relying on really bad science to say that they are also abort-efficient, which is incorrect. Um, And I think we're going to see quick movement out of folks on the... um, on the conservative side that are just going to use this opportunity to really go after a lot of rights that we hold dear. I also want to make the point that we are already seeing an attack on bodily autonomy, not just on abortion, but also um, on trans healthcare and gender affirming healthcare. And so these fights are connected and they're linked. Um, And so it is not just abortion that is already undermined and under attack. Um, It is many others, but including particularly trans kids who are being targeted by many states right now. Yeah, and, and it's realistic that the fights that we're seeing in states are going to be elevated to the court. There are absolutely yeah. people ready and hoping and praying that the Supreme Court takes the opportunity to to extend Dobbs and to start taking swipes at other fundamental rights and further eroding bodily autonomy. Yeah. Yep. It's so, coming. Yeah, which leads me to talk about the court itself. Uh, We said it at the beginning, the Supreme Court is in a full-fledged legitimacy crisis. Uh, It has 
eviscerating its own precedent. Roe stood for nearly 50 years, and if Roe is not safe, it is we cannot assume that any other decision is safe from this court's partisan agenda. It is hostile to civil rights. So, Lindsay, the fight to protect abortion rights now directly tied to the urgent need to reform the Supreme Court. Is that fair? I think that's very fair to say. And I think that we need to be saying it a lot more. Um, I think we need to be talking about Supreme Court reform when folks ask, what can we do from here? Um, I think that there's a very real conversation to be had about this court's legacy, which, as you mentioned earlier, several justices have brought up themselves um, in one way or another. And so I think that we need to be giving a really hard look at the way that our Supreme Court is structured right now. Um, and also, we need to be talking a lot more to folks about why courts matter and why these issues are directly tied. Yeah, so uh, when I've talked to folks who say, you know, when I say we need to to reform the court, and they say, I, you know, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to help push that. So I want to give folks a chance to, to hear what they can do to support Supreme Court reform, um, because it is directly tied to this. You know, we just talked about calling elected officials and urging them to enshrine federal law. Well, if they do that, you know, that federal law could end up before the Supreme Court and we're right back where right now. Uh, For yeah. sure. I would say Roe plus, right? Like we need to enjoy yeah. Roe, but Roe is always a floor. And so we need a lot more protection um, and we need we need our legislators to step up on that front. But you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we need to be talking about court reform when we talk to our, our colleagues when we're having these conversations. But we also need to be talking about it with our electeds when we're having those same conversations. Um, and, and we need to be elevating this issue to one that they really understand that their constituents care about. Um, and that these fights are related and they're linked and um, that, that we're not really going away on this point, um, that this is absolutely something that speaks to our, our nation's identity at this point um, when it comes to the court's legitimacy. And we, we need to make sure that they understand that these are things that are motivating our side of the aisle, um, the, the ideological aisle, I should say, um, as, as well as the um, anti-choice folks have been very vocal on their side. Um, we, we need to get a lot more vocal on our side and we need to tie it to the court and the importance of the court. Agreed. Um, yeah. When you call your elected officials, talk about this. Yeah. Um, you noted it at the top that the th this case that Dobbs was filed in response to the rights packing of the court when, you know, folks on the right knew that they now had the votes on the court. Um, that's when this case was teed up. Um, and so we're going to see more cases teed up for this packed court. Um, so Supreme Court ref reform means redressing the rights packing of the court. It means restoring the court's legitimacy. Our democracy requires it rest three co-equal branches of government, and we arguably don't have that right. Um, we need a legitimate court. And so this is absolutely something that needs to be part of the conversation about reproductive rights. And, and also, I'll note, you know, about voting rights, we need to talk about Supreme Court reform. The reason that we're seeing depression across the country is because the Supreme Court has decimated the Voting Rights Act. Um, yeah, it's particularly um, comical is definitely the wrong word. But I, I, uh, I had raised eyebrows when I read that Justice Alito thinks, oh, well, women can vote now. So women can make their voice heard that way. That um, is any acknowledgement of the work that he's done to great. actually limit the access to the ballot box. Um, and so he's making that link um, in his opinion. And so I think it's on us to, to also make that link um, when we talk about the, the ways that we can fix this problem. Yeah. So if folks have 
questions about Supreme Court reform, um, I encourage you to check podcast Broken Law. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast. We've done a couple episodes about Supreme Court reform, talking about the ins and outs of it and how we would achieve it. Um, we also have a number of podcast episodes about Dobbs, um, including about substantive due process um, and how this decision could be a roadmap. Uh, for so um, thank you so much for your time today. And, and if you want more information, again, check out Broken Law wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find it on our website, acslaw.org acslaw.org. And we also have more information on our website about uh, Supreme Court reform and about reproductive rights. And we also have a poll worker pledge that we encourage everyone to take. That is something that you can do today is pledge to be a poll worker uh, this election cycle. Um, so there is a lot that everybody can do in their individual capacity today. Um, but again, most importantly, if you are in a position to give, please, please, please give to the abortion fund. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time on this busy day. Any any final thoughts on this before before we all return to our our work? No, thank you. I, you know, I would just say um, whatever folks are feeling today is valid. Um, and so, if you are feeling rage or sadness or even just numbness, um, it, it's perfectly okay to to sit in that and to um, to process that. I would encourage you um, to get involved when you can, because this is going to be a long-term fight um, to, to win back this progress. And so um, take the time that you need, but when you are able to, we look forward to joining in this fight with you. That is the, a, a great note to leave on. You, what, however you feel today is absolutely valid um, and is shared by many, many uh, people, including those of us at ACS. So Thank you so much uh, for joining us, uh, and we look forward to working alongside you in, in the long fight ahead. Thank you, and take care.